0: Good evening, everyone, and I, too, would like to welcome our visitors. You are an encouragement to us. Uh, Tonight, we want to talk about attitude. You know what they say, attitude is everything, and we'll be studying from the book of Matthew in chapter 5, beginning of verse 3. I'm going to be reading verse 3 through 11. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Well, in Christianity, certainly, attitudes should be everything, shouldn't it? It's not a ritual, but it's more about attitude. That's what sets us apart from the rest of the world. Why do we do what we do religiously? Why are we here? We're not just going through a ritual, are we? We're different. Are we worshiping God out of a sense of duty? Out of fear of eternal condemnation? Is it just a pure habit that causes us to come to these surfaces? We hope not. It's certainly not to be seen of others, is it? Are we here because of an agape love for our God? And for one another. That should be the case. And we know that it was Jesus who said, if you love me, which is an attitude, you will keep my commandments. And he stresses attitude in this text that we just read. You've heard it said, you shall not murder, but I tell you that anyone who is angry, and that's an attitude, isn't it? The state of mind with a brother or a sister will be subject to judgment. You've also heard it said, You shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks on the opposite sex lustfully, that's an attitude, has already committed adultery in his heart. So, Jesus sums it up. By saying in chapter 6, verse 1, be careful. Be careful not to practice your righteousness, your Christianity, to be seen by others. If you do, there's no reward in heaven. So, how is it possible to read these words which came from the lips of Jesus himself? without concluding that attitude is very important in Christian living, so we have to think about that. Well, attitude is defined as a way of thinking that affects our behavior. And it's based on the beliefs, the values, and the assumptions that we hold as truth. Determines the way we think and feel about someone or something. But more importantly, it establishes how we respond to God. To people and to life in general. So it's it's very important to have the right attitude. It's really a reflection of one's heart. It impacts everything we do. It's an outward reflection of what resides inside of us. So you might say that the condition of your heart determines the condition of your life. Goodness and evil are heart conditions, aren't they? Of course we're referring to the mind. Our thoughts determine the person that we become that's why it's so important to train your children in the right way and no wonder we find solomon saying as a man thinks in his heart so he is proverbs 23:7 be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life proverbs 4:23 and as water reflects a face So a man's heart reflects the man. Proverbs 27, 19. That's good advice, isn't it? Of course, Paul wrote, a man reaps what he sows. Nobody decides who we are and how we behave. We decide it we determine who we are and how we behave. So as children of God, we have to think about that and be careful. If you think about it, anger Mm -hmm. is an attitude. It's a choice that we make, isn't it? How we respond to a situation. Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act and reap a habit. Sow a habit, before long you reap a character. And, fortunately or unfortunately, sow a character, you reap a destiny. So we have to think about all of this. So attitude drives our behavior. We become what we think. So for some of us, maybe for most of us, we have to think differently sometimes. So going back to the beatitudes, we go to Jesus' thoughts on the Sermon of the Mount, what well, we know, of course, these are the beatitudes, attitudes to be. If we have these, we cultivate them. We can get a fresh start, a new beginning if we get off in the right direction. Attitudes make a difference in how we react to God, people and situations and how we behave in the religious service as well. Whether we worship God or we're just going through a ritual. The word beatitude comes from a Latin word, which means happiness and well-being. And the statements in the Beatitudes um, are essentially a set of Christian ideals. For instance, Matthew 5, three through five, these first three blessings, and that's what they are, they have to deal with genuine biblical humility. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, and those who are meek, for they will inherit the earth. These have to do with our internal attitude and also our motives. So blessed are those who are sorry for their sins, sorry for their sins to the point of mourning over them. they shall receive forgiveness and eternal life. That's definitely an attitude. Humbly recognizing your spiritual poverty, you're recognizing that you need God. That's an attitude. If you've got the wrong attitude, you'll never recognize that, and I'm afraid you'll be lost. And, of course, those who submit to God as Lord, they will be the heirs to all God possesses. So, we must understand that we were placed here on earth to serve. We always have to have that attitude. We were placed here to serve God, to serve our fellow Christians, to seek and serve the lost, and to serve those in need. We must constantly ask ourselves, do I have the heart and the attitude of Jesus? That's basically what he's telling us. And that's what we are to do as Christians. If so, we will fulfill the verses in uh, Philippians. Let's see, what was the chapter? Um, Chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Philippians 2, 5 through 7. We will become encouragers. A people and person of genuine comfort brought about by agape love will be a people of sympathy and compassion, all attitudes. We will never be guilty of acting out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. We will be interested in the interest of others more than the interest of ourselves, And we know that humility is not an easy attitude to have, is it? For most of us, especially this day, these days. It's, uh, It's something that we have to work towards. But in Matthew 5, 6, Jesus says, changing direction a little bit here, no longer... Um, so much the internal. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So we know what hungering and thirsting mean. Uh, Not as much as the people in the day of Jesus knew. A lot of those people were hungry and thirsty But we have some idea of that. And we know that when Christ was tempted, as we were talking about this morning, he was very hungry, 40 days. This is the kind of attitude and motive that should drive our religious life, a genuine hunger and thirst, not for our physical needs, but for being right and doing right. Doesn't come automatically, but that's what we should strive for. And consider in verse seven of chapter five, the next two Beatitudes. These are really good examples of external attitude. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. In verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the son of God. Now God wants us to. Be merciful to others. Just as he. Lavishes his mercy. And grace upon us. We don't deserve any of it do we. But. You know, look at how much we've got. We can feel comfortable that we're going to be in heaven with him someday. He demands, though, that we show mercy to others. (coughs) He wants us to become, you might say, conduits or pipelines to his mercy and grace. But being that, It's a two-way street. We have to give mercy and grace and extend it to others. Now remember, as we said, we reap what we sow, plant mercy, and you receive mercy. Plant forgiveness, and you reap forgiveness. You've all experienced that, haven't you? If you do something good, you get back tenfold. It's it's kind of amazing how that works. Um, What goes around comes around. You know, all of these we've heard and we've experienced these things. But Jesus tells us that God's children are peacemakers. We know that God hates conflict. He especially hates divisiveness. And he opposes those who would sow discord among brethren. Not that we have any of that. And as his children, we are here to bring peace to the human heart, which is peace to to the human mind. If, If there's peace, you know, no one can stop you. Of course, Jesus was the Prince of Peace. He came to give us peace with God through the forgiveness of sin. And when we share Jesus with others, we're giving them the opportunity for this same peace. And he came to bring peace within us. And of course, how do we have peace? Well, knowing that we're forgiven if if we didn't know that, would we be able to sleep at night? I don't see how we could. Because with that, we really have no guilt. And it's hard to forgive ourselves. I know that's the hardest thing. But we should always remember that we are a heaven bound people. And that's hard to beat. We know that Christ came to to bring peace for everyone. So we should remember that if Christ, who is our father, God is our father, Christ is our brother. And we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. So... We know that peacemakers are colorblind. They're ethnically blind. This is a hard one. They're politically blind too. So we need to work to bring peace to men everywhere. Luke 3.6 tells us that speaking of Jesus coming, all men are going to see God's salvation. That's where we come in. We have to help to ensure that that happens. So, Matthew 5, 8, we've only got a couple more to go. Blessed are the pure in heart. There's no doubt that this beatitude speaks of motive. Doing the right things out of proper motive. Purity means... What? Clean, innocent, sincere. We've got to have sincerity. It's not for show. And people can tell, can't they? When you talk to people, they can tell if you're sincere. It's so easy. So make no mistake about it. We can't see God and be a religious phony. It's just not going to happen. So we've got to have the right attitude. Now, somebody in history, in biblical history, had a problem with that, didn't they? Uh, they were called the Pharisees. And, of course, Christ saw right through that, didn't he? So, Matthew 5, 10, and 11. Jesus ends with, Blessed are those who are persecuted for their being right with God, and their reward in heaven is great. So he seemed to know that if we have a proper attitude and motive, which will result in a godly approved behavior, they go together. If you've got the right attitude and motive, you're going to behave. But the problem with that is when we do that, we're going to be persecuted. So I'm sure that some of us have experienced that at work or wherever, but I think that most of us are at the maturity level if that doesn't bother us, does it? Because we know that we have a much greater reward. And Jesus told us, don't become discouraged, but rather think about your reward in heaven. So, in closing, I just want to say, let's make attitude our top priority. Because if we have the right attitude in serving the Lord, being a Christian, everything else will follow. So I ask you tonight, how is your attitude? Have you somehow gone astray and you have the wrong attitude? And because of that attitude, people are noticing and you're losing your effect as a Christian. Or is it possible that you haven't become a Christian yet, and you haven't started your walk with God. I'll, I'll leave that with you and let you think about it. And if there's anything we can do, uh, come forward and let us know as we have our invitations song.